What is big? At UCF, being big provides options. Big creates opportunity, and Big offers more than 80 accredited online programs and certificates that fit your life no matter where you live. Ranked as one of the nation's top 20 online programs by US News and World Report, UCF Online is more than just convenient, it's life-changing. To apply or search for degrees, visit ucf.edu online. From the 2018 OLC Accelerate Conference in front of a live audience, I'm Kelvin Thompson. And I'm Tom Cavanaugh. And you are listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. Hey, everybody. Hello, everybody. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's bring these folks home. (laughs) They wouldn't fit in that tiny little closet that we usually record in. We could, yeah, yeah. it was actual applause. That was not applied. <laughs> it made me feel really good. You know, fake. You know, special effects that. Uh, Did that I do that one time? <laughs> oh, that was a that was a that was a noisemaker. That's right. You had it on your phone. Yeah, yeah. That's right. like a laugh track. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To know how how funny we are, because <laughs> if you press the button on the app, it'll tell you you're funny. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody tells me I'm that funny. So I hear the as we say the, the dulcet, dulcet gurgles, gurgles yeah. of hot coffee. Uh huh. What are, we, what are we drinking? What's in the thermos, Kelvin? Well, today's coffee, Tom, is an El Salvador from Cova Coffee Roasters in Portland, Oregon. I was and, just there. Uh, is that right? Did, I was. You, didn't bring, you, could have, you could have brought us some more coffee. I could, it was raining. <laughs> I could have brought it. You could have been wet and you could have brought <laughs> us some more coffee. Yeah, you're right. I should have. Okay, maybe next time. They call this El Ishco. El Ishco. El Ishco. Si. I couldn't find a good... Good translation of that. Um, and this particular batch of El Salvador El Ishco coffee is what they call natural processed. Now, you might recall that we've talked about coffee processing in the past. Natural processing allows the coffee cherries to dry over time so that the husks eventually fall off, as opposed to hand processing, which they, you know, they wash and they kind of get the husks off and, and all that uh, to speed up the process. Generally, naturally processed coffees have a Mm, fruitier, I, I sometimes call it a juicier taste. Juicier. I, I don't know. Okay. I, it's a, it's a te- I, I don't know much. I just kind of make this stuff up. You right? and your technical I mumbo know, jumbo. I, what do I know? This particular coffee comes to us, we should say, by way of our colleagues uh, at Portland State University, who came on a site visit to UCF a while back as part of the work of the Frontier Set. Yep. A group of like-minded institutions focused on innovating and student access and student success, among other things. And so I thought this might be a good coffee choice for today's special episode. Well, special thanks to our friends at Portland State because, I mean, not only did they send a coffee as a send us coffee as a thank you, but it was a like a coffee of the month. I just got another one. I know. Yeah, that's great. Bless them. Oh, we'll, we'll be set lot. up for a while. <laughs> but don't let that stop you if you want to. <laughs> that's uh, right. You know, I. Eric Fredrickson. Who is in the room, is a very generous coffee, coffee benefactor. provider of, uh, yes. You too. <laughs> you too could get a shout out. If you want to just write some nice things on a bag of whole bean single origin coffee right. and stick it in the mail. As they say, <laughs> put it on the back of a $20 bill. And, That's car talk. Yeah, That's, That's a whole right. different show. Yeah. That's good. All right, so naturally processed yep. coffee is better than unnaturally yeah, processed. Yeah, better, I different, suppose. different. But do you see the connection, some kind of a connection, and how's the coffee? Did you try it yet? I haven't tried it yet. Try it, and then uh, see what you think. El Ishco es bueno. 
Muy. Yeah. Muy bueno. That's good. That's, that's about it. That's about all the Spanish, all the Spanish I know. I live in Florida. I gotta work. I gotta work on that. Cafe muy bueno. Yeah, you say that like every other episode. So, all right. So, do you um, see the connection? Uh, sort of. Only because you wrote these notes. <laughs> these notes out. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> Kelvin, your connections, your kung fu is better than other times. It's true. Uh, it's this so one, true. <laughs> it's a little. You, you, you let the people judge for themselves. It's a little Tom. bit of a stretch. You just draw, connect the dots. All right. So, <laughs> according to your own notes <laughs> about the connection, uh, natural is equivalent to in person, done sure. by hand, <laughs> artisanal, even sure. shall we say. And yeah. um, the the frontier set. Focused on those desirable future outcomes that we're mm -hmm. all striving for. That's right. And um, I guess if we're in person, that's what we're we're doing right now. We're recording Topcast in person, in an artisanal way. Sure. This is an artisanal podcast, folks. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Sure, that means we charge more for it. <laughs> that's right. Something. You can something like download that. it off of Etsy. You can feel better about it and 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 charge more for it. Yeah. So. We put out a call uh, for topics for this TopCast Live episode, and two topics rose neck in neck, might we say, uh, to the top. There were several that we put out there. Online versus digital, what are the implications of how we position our work? That was one topic that was right up there. And then predicted future developments in online or blended learning over the next five years. That was the other one. And they were like back and forth, back and forth. And so who can choose? Who can choose? So we thought we would merge the topics in order to address how the framing and implementation of our online or digital learning field might continue to evolve over the next few years. We so that's what we're going to talk we about. We took the coward's way out and yes. didn't have to make a decision. <laughs> okay, way to go, Tom. That's, yeah. all, right. that's all right. No, it's true, though. We, we did talk about it and, um, and felt like these actually were related subjects. Yeah. So you want me to start or do you want to start? Go ahead. Get it, you know. Nobody wants to hear me talk. <laughs> so I would say that... Um, maybe number one is the answer to number two, meaning that the predicted future developments in online and blended learning over the next five years is the fact that we're, we seem to be evolving more from an online focus, at least in vernacular, to a digital focus, where mm -hmm. online learning is becoming less of a uh, institutional bolt-on and more of something that's becoming ingrained into the, uh, the core fabric mm -hmm. of the academic mission of the university or college. And that seems to be manifesting itself in this, this digital learning term, more so even than online learning. It's definitely been our experience at UCF within the last year and a half, yeah. um, where we've got a new division of digital learning mm -hmm. that includes online learning and it includes the classroom technology, kind of in a recognition that those boundaries are blurring and that what happens online is coming into the classroom, especially in our blended environment, yeah. and what's happening in the classroom is informed and infused by the online technologies. I think that digital, um, if I had to predict five years, is probably um, maybe the answer to the, to the biggest change we might be seeing. And maybe it's a framing change more yeah, than, yeah. A, than a physical change. Well, maybe we use that as a riff. You know, I, I pasted in here several of the uh, along with crowdsourcing and people voting, we actually ask any, any comments when people want to make. And, and I copied and pasted in several um, that seemed germane to, uh, to this digital learning kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe we might read a few of these. Maybe we can switch off on some, because I think it, it just underscores the, some of the points that you made here. I mean, I'll start with this first one here. So these are all things that you 
in the listening community uh, sent in. The term digital has emerged over the last two years. You said a uh, year and a half at UCF. Yep. Over the last two years, how does the term broaden our scope, or does it? Does it minimize online learning? Does it advance the pedagogy? There are many questions to answer, and that's, and that's true. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, I think it depends on the context. You, you could say it minimizes online learning, but I would say I think it expands online learning um, in a way that, um, that it helps to um, advance the academic mission in the regular classroom environment. If you're using the LMS, for example, uh, in your face-to-face -face class to expand the uh, kinds of resources that students have access to, the kinds of interactions, if you're flipping your classroom, um, I think that uh, all of those online tools are being used in a kind of non-purely online way. It's making it more digital. Maybe some of this is also being driven, frankly, by, um, by, by folks in influential positions, such mm -hmm. as the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, yeah. which has been using the term digital learning, yep. and others have been adopting yep. it, I think, as a result of that. And related to that, uh, terms like digital courseware, yep. uh, digital adaptive courseware, uh, so forth and so on. But you know, it's interesting because there's another uh, statement, series of statements from another um, voter that maybe, maybe slightly takes issues with what you just said. How dare they? So I'll read this one too, since you said that part. The broader scope of the digital versus strictly online education arena has appeal because it provides opportunities for leaders in this space to have greater influence or impact on student success and institutional strategy. I've observed less enthusiasm over time for the narrower definition and scope of activity of, quote, online, unquote, education, and wonder if others have a similar view. So that's an interesting, you know, like, we're not as excited about online, but boy, are we excited about digital, you know, which is the framing thing, Yeah. right? Again, I think so much of it is context dependent. If you're, yep. if you're at a school that maybe is a traditional liberal arts college that uh, really privileges the, the in-person residential experience I can see not being thrilled about um, an online kind of model, but a, but a digital framing mm -hmm. that informs that on-campus residential experience might, might resonate more. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's the case everywhere. I mean, I really think it's really dependent upon the own, their own individual institutional circumstances. Yeah, and then, hey, because we're on a riff, we'll just keep on going on this line here. <coughs> Third person. Things have blurred. As online faculty and course design experts, how are we relevant and add value in a world where that distinction has blurred significantly? It sounds like one of those movie trailers. In a world <laughs> where things where have blurred. <laughs> the definition and scope of online education have blurred. Oh, let me go see that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be the only one there. Um, <laughs> Or there'd be at least a handful of other people maybe there too. But you know, but then things take a, this other statement here, uh, a little bit more critical turn in practicality of where people live. You want to read that one, that number four one Number there? four? Yeah. There has been a lot of discussion on our campus about quote unquote digital learning, but then not including our distance ed or instructional technology department as part of that digital initiative, I feel there is a disconnect between online and digital in the eyes of campus leadership. I'm not saying they are the same thing, but I would like to learn how others are dealing with the two terms and possibly helping to educate leadership committees on the role we play. It's a good question. Yeah, and also, I mean, that does tie into things we've talked about in the past, which is uh, online learning leaders and departments should not be measuring their success against their own metrics. 
Yeah, I mean, right. Measure your success against your boss's metrics, against the president's metrics. You know, how are you advancing student retention or student graduation or student yeah. success? Yeah. Those kinds of things. Because online learning, and let's say, dare we say, digital learning, uh, can impact those things. We've, we've seen that. We've certainly mm -hmm. seen it at our institution, but others as well. Um, I, I think that you know, if, you, if you tie that effort, whether it's called digital or online, um, to those bigger problems, uh, you can make yourself a little more relevant. That, that was the previous one, I think. How do we, mm -hmm. how do we stay relevant? Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I think the term digital is a little broader, yeah. a little more inclusive yeah. than online. And whether that's good or bad may depend on who you're talking to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so we don't leave out this, uh, this other one that's here, I think it's, it's interesting. Maybe we can uh, use this one as a pivot to kind of get back to maybe some uh, trajectory um, prognostication, but I selfishly, self-servingly, I will say that uh, on that last point that you made, I just left um, a group of three provosts um, talking about the uh, Association of Chief Academic Officers Digital Fellows program. We had Casey Green well. on. Yeah, yes. and, you're, and you've been participating in it. Um, we had Casey Green uh, during the last year talk yep. about that proje project, and uh, I left that group with this question of like, hey, the Online Learning Consortium, structural designers, faculty developers, course builders, uh, online learning leaders, hey, if you were gonna give tips to our community about how they might better engage with their chief academic officers back home who aren't as, you know, innovative, forward-thinking leaders as you guys are, what would you say? And you know what they said? What? Same stuff you just said. <laughs> Good. <laughs> 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 you know, strategic plan, mission, vision, connect, big, solve the big problems, um, RPG, you know, uh, retention, persistence, graduation. Yeah. Those yeah. kind of things. Um, okay. Did, did you read the fifth one? I didn't. Did we just talk uh, about it? Okay, so we'll just say this. So at first I thought of digital as simply e-learning or online with up-to-date fixtures and a new coat of paint. But I'm wondering... This is the tone of, of optimism here. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if digital is the best way to move forward with initiatives that recognize and embrace the changes in online learning in recent years. Well, we certainly have. Um, so for us, digital also now includes um, the, the classroom technology, mm -hmm. the, the AV technology. Right. And that's, that's part of the, the purview of digital learning. It's not just online anymore. And what we've found by having, I think, a, a closer working relationship between the online people and the AV people is that we've identified opportunities that I think previously hadn't been there if we hadn't done this structural change. So for example, we're doing a kind of really interesting um, uh, partnership on attendance taking at the university where we're developing an app that students can use to kind of check in in a classroom right. by using a QR code that gets projected that you would scan and um, and we can go into more detail about that if, if, if anybody wants. But um, I don't know if we would have identified the right people and put them mm -hmm. together in the way we did if we hadn't broadly defined digital learning in that way and, and put us all in the same organization. No, I think that, I think that makes sense. Um, just to be a, just to sound a questioning and critical note, Tom, as we head toward um, the finish line here in a minute. So, Online and blended, I know how to deal with that, right? We have instructional designers partner in our institution who come alongside and partner with our teaching faculty, and, we, and, and it's a professionally designed, collaboratively designed and supported um, 
teaching learning experience results from that, right? We have a bunch of folks come, come alongside that. But in this broader digital framing and classroom technologies and, and so forth, do, do we risk moving into a, dare I say, a morass of less designed experiences and more just technology infused? Or are we looking to technologies to, dare I say, idiot-proof, teacher-proof um, our, our digital experiences? Is that, a, is that a legitimate threat? Well, I think anywhere um, where technology is easy to implement, that's a legitimate threat. I still say this about the learning management system. I think our biggest risk is outrunning our quality supply lines. I think mm -hmm, it's real mm -hmm. easy to just create a new section in your learning management system and say, go teach it without preparing the faculty and doing all of that logistical and hard work of preparing them to be successful. That's the hard part. The easy mm -hmm. part is creating a new section in the LMS. And I think the same thing happens in a classroom. So another area I think that's been fruitful for us in having this new organizational structure under a digital learning umbrella is in active learning. Um, it's a big push uh, at UCF, as, as it is at a lot of other schools, to have active learning in the classroom. Well, that now becomes part of our blended learning uh, yeah. faculty development. It's created new partnerships with our Faculty Center for Teaching and Learning, who's responsible for the classroom instruction. And um, it's created opportunities for our instructional designers to work with the AV folks to yeah. talk about all right, what kind of technology would be good in these active learning rooms? How can it bring in the, the online world? And your point about instructional designers, I mean, it definitely it's a, it's a resource issue, but I, I, I recall our, our previous provost, who's now our president, um, having a thought experiment where he said, this. well, what if every faculty member in the university had an instructional designer for every class, um, not just the ones teaching online. And I had to sit down. You went, <laughs> yeah, what if that yeah, happened? Yeah. <laughs> but it's the right question um, because, you know, people teaching face-to-face -face need support and pedagogical design and, and, you know, how to align objectives with assessments and activities just like everybody else teaching online. We just happen to have designed it so that the and frankly what we can afford is to provide it to faculty who are teaching online. But if we want to do it right, provide that kind of support for faculty who are teaching face-to-face -face as well. And, um, and, in that, and if that's the case, it's not mm -hmm. just a, you know, it's never just a technology solution. Right. You know, I'll quote Joel Hartman again. Yep. Yep. I've done it before on this podcast many times. Yep. That adding technology to any sort of, um, any sort of uh, environment without changing the process just adds cost and frustration. You know, you have to change the process around this new technology. And I think instructional design around even classroom-based technology is, is a fundamental requirement if it's going to be successful. No, I think that's good. I think that's good. So what we're saying, right, is uh, you're saying you, you, the, 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 the two things neck and neck, one answers the other. So the future is more digital. Digital is broader. Broader isn't necessarily uh, not designed or non-intentional or teacher-proofed. We hope to bring all the affordances of uh, online and blended our rich history to this broader, more inclusive digital learning future. Yeah, <laughs> what you said. Um, yeah, and this is, you know, you, it, it guess it just worked out in this one that you were sort of the the questioner and I was the answerer, but uh, you know, yeah, hey, that's this how is, we roll. That's how we roll. This is Tom's view of the world, so we'll that's see right. if anybody agrees. I like it. Let's go with that. Um, but yeah, I, I I do agree with that. I think so. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I did write this. I mean, that might have been a better uh, bottom line takeaway, but I did write this one here thinking that maybe, let's see if this matches anything that we just talked about, Tom, and see if you agree with this one. So we continue to live in fast-moving times, and today's digital learning technologies continue to accelerate, watch what I did there, accelerate the pace of change. <laughs> However, we have the opportunity to shape the direction of change at each of our institutions. How we frame our work and where we invest our innovation efforts will have at least some bearing on where our future leads. Amen, brother. Preach. That's true. There it is. I, All I right. think it's true. Okay, that, that works for me. If it works for you, that's that's good. And hey, look at that. We're right on. Right on time. Right Should on we do time. this little plug here? Why don't you do that little plug? So uh, keep in mind, everyone in the room and everybody listening at home, uh, the entire catalog of TopCast episodes is available on the TopCast website. Older episodes may have faded from Apple Podcasts and maybe other platforms. So each episode page contains a transcript, uh, Twitter summary, and carefully curated, read more about it, topical links. And that can be found at http colon slash slash topcast.online.ucf.edu. Topcast.online.ucf.edu. Yes. Check it out. We would love to hear feedback. There's uh, a way to, to um, comment yep. or email us, yep. or you can send us an audio file, or we always take coffee contributions. That's right. Topcast at ucf.edu uh, would get us uh, an email. So until next time, for Topcast, I'm Kelvin. And I'm Tom. See ya.